Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. You have your Bibles while you're standing. Turn with me to Ephesians, the sixth chapter, the twelfth verse. I'm so thankful to be here. If I don't make it back, it's because my wife has killed me. (laughs) Thankful for the fellowship. And I hope that over the last couple of services that that God has spoken to you in some capacity and I'm going to try to do my very best tonight to preach to you what the Lord has laid on my heart Ephesians 6 and 12 says for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world Against spiritual wickedness in high places. I want you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians 10 and 3. I'm going to read Ephesians 6 and 12 again. <clears throat> For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Second Corinthians lets us know in the third chapter, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I know it's a Wednesday, but I believe hell's going to have a very bad night. Is anybody ready to have some church on a Wednesday? I want to preach to you if I can, and this is the best title I could come up with, but you will remember it. I want to preach to you for a little while on immortal combat. Immortal combat. We lift our hands tonight and ask God to quicken us by His Spirit. Holy Ghost, we need you to move. God, we know you're in this place. Let the power of your Spirit move in this house. Touch my mind. Touch my heart. Touch my tongue. Let me know that there's more at stake here tonight than just tonight. But there is an eternity at stake, God. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost move in this place. God, we need you to move and strengthen us. Touch my mind and my heart and my voice and my spirit. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let your power move us. The name of Jesus. And everyone said amen. amen. Look at your neighbor as you're seated. Tell them let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> Upon first glance. You would probably be overwhelmed by the sheer size of the ancient structure. Measuring 141 yards 
by 107 yards. In English, that's 423 feet by 321 feet. You can do the math. It's the size of one that they had found, but the walls were still standing. It had three porticos uh, on, on the sides and shade trees. In the center of this structure, there was a pool. It was 105 foot by 66 foot. And the Greek palestra was the world center for Olympic training. It was a very large courtyard in the center, a grassy area. And under the porticos, there were giant punching bags hanging from the ceiling, filled with grain and seed. And there were smaller bags hanging about two feet from the floor, filled with sand. And while these men were punching and kicking these bags, these massive brutish men nonetheless, and the other men were grappling out in the courtyard of that great arena, there walks in another set of men, and they look a bit more grisly than the brutish men that are grappling one another in the courtyard. These men that come in, they seem to be even more chiseled and callous than the tall, muscular specimens that are boxing and hitting the seed-filled bags. And it's at this point that you would be overwhelmed more by the men in that building than the actual building. I remember going to a Cleveland Cavaliers game and this was the first time I'd really ever gone anywhere other than West Virginia. And I remember going to this massive structure. It was connected by tunnels. There were skylines everywhere to get to this stadium. And it was just huge. It was something that would take your breath away. The, the, the skywalks, they hooked to the mall. And everything was hooked. And I thought, this is really amazing. I was kind of overwhelmed by what I was seeing. But as the game began to start and those players walked onto a court, I wasn't worried about the building anymore. Because there stood before me men that were larger than life, seven foot tall men, just massive uh, specimens. And, and in this Greek palestra, when these men among men walked in, things got much more serious. And the seed and grain filled bags are now not only being beaten, but they say that they would be swung from the ceilings and used to hit themselves over and over until their bodies were calloused and unable to be hurt or hit. The small sandbags, they don't really stand a chance against most of these men. They just skip the sandbags. And history records that these giants of men, they don't need the sandbags. Instead, they go out to the courtyard and they don't kick bags of sand. It is said that they use the tree trunks to strengthen their legs. They're just a little bit stronger than the guys that are working out there. They're a little bit bigger. Uh, it is said that these men, uh, that with one striking blow, they could kick through the mo through most ancient shields, shattering them into pieces. These men were skilled in both boxing and grappling. Uh, they were masters in all forms, and history records that these men are called pancreatists. The literary minds of that day, they etched these words when they described a pancreatist. They said, mothers, if you hear that your son has died, believe it. But if you hear that he has been defeated and retired, don't believe it. Because it was more common to die in the fight than to live to fight another day. There were no rules. There was no mercy. You either gave up, became unconscious, or you were killed. One fighter named Sycon 
became known throughout history as Fingertips. That was his name because it was his strategy at the beginning of the fight to quickly break the opponent's fingers before they got to the grappling part of the fight. One very famous undefeated fighter, Arikion, was ending his career in his last fight in the Olympic Games of 546 B.C. During the fight, his opponent did a move where he leaped on his back and began to strangle the life out of him, digging his feet into his abdomen. And, and history records that as a last-ditch last effort to free himself, that Arikion grabs the man's foot with his foot, and he pushes both of them backwards. And in this action, he breaks that man's ankle in half. And as they are tumbling backwards, two things happen. Arikion died from strangulation on his way down. And while they're on the way down, the other man raises his hand in defeat from the searing pain. After a short talk, the judges announce that they will crown the dead man, Arikion, the Olympic champion once more, even in his death because he never gave up. I tell you this tonight to give you an insight that the Apostle Paul had that many of us do not have. When he said we wrestle not against flesh and blood, right. that word wrestle is the Greek word pele, and it is where they derive the word palestra, which was the training facility for these pancreatists and these boxers and these wrestlers. Yeah. This wasn't the WWE. Right. Right. This wasn't even the UFC. This was life and it was death and this was a fight to the, to the finish and the Apostle Paul wanted us to know in this church age that we are in a fight. We are in a match and we have an opponent and an adversary that's not playing games and he's not okay if he loses. He isn't here trying to patty cake you and he doesn't care if you tap the mat or not. Jesus said that the enemy has come to steal and to kill and to destroy. I believe that the Spirit began to urge the Apostle Paul. I believe that it was the Holy Ghost that began to urge him to write this down. You need to let the church know that the enemy, is, that they are fighting. He does not play fair. There are no rules with him. There is no mercy with him. He will not give up. He is skilled in what he does, and he takes pleasure in his work. He loves the pain that he caused people. He loves to see people strung out on drugs. He loves to see marriages falling apart. He takes joy and great pleasure in the sleepless nights and the unrest and the pain that he has caused. He knows what he is doing and he enjoys doing it. And we're playing fool's games if we think we're just going to stroll into heaven with untattered shears and unscathed swords. We're going to make it to heaven. It's going to take a fight. It's going to take a battle. It's going to take some combat today. I've not come here tonight on a Wednesday to coddle you or to pat you on the back and tell you everything's okay. I've not come to rock you to sleep. This ain't Johnson and Johnson. We're not here to powder and pamper you. I've come tonight to raise up an army of warriors that knows it's time to go to battle. You see, our enemy understands something that we do not. 
He has an insight on some things that we don't quite understand. And, and the one thing that Satan understands and comprehends very well that we do not is the aspect of time and eternity. And although we, as mere mortal people, mere flesh, we have only known this element of time. We are born into time. We die in time. And then we step into the unknown realm of eternity. But Satan, he has sit in the hallway of eternity. And now he is confined to the realm of time. The Bible says, therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Why does the heavens need to rejoice? Because the one that was up there in eternity has been cast down to earth. But the scripture says, woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down unto you having great wrath because he knoweth that he had but a short time. He understands time and eternity. A puny, a small occasion, the Bible says, a small time frame. The devil knows. He understands something we do not. He knows that a hundred years in light of eternity is a short time. A thousand years in light of eternity is a short time. He knows that compared to eternity, it's beyond my comprehension. But compared to eternity, a million years is a short time. So in that short time that he has, he is evangelizing everyone that he can. And he's trying to steal every soul that he can. And unlike us, he refuses to take a Wednesday off. He refuses to take a day off. He will not quit. He will not let up because he understands that he's going to step into eternity one more time. He knows that he must get all the joy he can now from destroying. He must get all the pleasure he can now from stealing our peace and deceiving the souls of humanity. Because he knows that once the clock stops and once he steps into eternity, he's going to step into a prison of a burning flame that was created for him and he will never get out again. He understands eternity. He understands what every, all time and, and no space means. He understands that. I want to tell you tonight, I, I do not believe. I could be wrong. I might very well be, but personally I do not believe that Satan has seen hell yet. I don't believe he's witnessed it. After the fall of man, the Bible says he was thrown to earth and that judgment awaits him. But he is so sure. Let me, let me tell you about the faith of the devil. He is so sure of the word of God that all he needed to hear is for God to say there's going to be a judgment. All he needed was to hear God say there's going to be a burning flame. And he didn't question it. And he didn't try to deny it. He just immediately tried to start tried, tried to start taking people with him. I just believe it. And there needs to be something inside of us that believes that if God said there was a hell, then we ought to fight with all we have to make sure no one goes there. Oh, help me tonight. We better believe that one day time will be no more and we will step into the shores of eternity and there will be a heaven to gain or there will be a hell to shine. And if there's a heaven, then I want to go there. Hallelujah. Why don't we clap our hands and magnify the Lord right now. I 
reiterate to you that your adversary is unrelentless and undaunting. A lion, the Bible says, seeking whom he may devour. A serpent, a dragon, a destroyer. A murderer, a liar. But I've come to bear witness to the fact that above all of these attributes, above being a lion and above being a serpent and above being a dragon and far above being a destroyer or a murderer or a liar, far above those attributes, I've come to bear witness to you tonight that there's one attribute that supersedes all of those and that is we have an enemy that's already been defeated. I wish I had somebody that would believe me tonight. He's already been cast down. He's already been spoiled. The Bible says that having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Everything that could ever hold you hostage, he's already led captivity captive. And he's made a show of them open. Every drug addict that's ever been delivered, he's made a show of the devil's weak grip openly. Every body that's ever been healed, it's a testament to God that is victorious and a devil that has no power. don't wrestle against flesh and blood. I wish I had somebody that would help me for a little bit on a Wednesday night. We don't have, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but the principalities and powers of spiritual wickedness. But the Bible tells me in Ephesians that the Lord has been exalted far above principalities and power. Far above might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in the world to come and that put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things even the church I'm telling you that the devil's a loser I'm telling you that the devil's fallen he is never going to be victorious My Lord, I wish somebody would just believe me for a minute. Lift your hands for just a second. I'd love to go farther in this message. I've got to get some saints of God that would believe your adversary is defeated. He's a loser. He's not going to win. He's not going to triumph over you. We need a few more saints of God that will step out of the foxhole they're hiding in and step out onto the field of battle today. of our warfare they're not carnal but mighty through God see that's where we get it mixed up we think it's mighty through us we think that we've got to do something special or that we've got to do something out of the ordinary to have the might of God and to pull down strongholds but no it says that our weapons are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We need a church in the last days that believes there's not a stronghold that we cannot tear down. There's not a city that's too big for us to take. There's no giant we cannot defeat. There's no army that can stand before the church of Jesus Christ. This church of the living God is unstoppable. And you're in it today. Come on, if you're glad to be in the church, why don't you clap your hands and shout unto God? 
Hey, the lions can't eat it. The fire can't burn it. The floods can't overtake it. The devil knows he cannot stop you tonight. He might come to steal and to kill and to destroy, but, but he can't do it unless you allow him. He's just come to do it. That don't mean you got to let him. Some drugged out wacko come to break in your house. Don't mean you got to let him. Some thief come to steal your car. Doesn't mean you have to let him. They just came to do it. Every once in a while, we ought to just watch out the window and watch the devil creep up to our house and think he's going to get in and steal and kill and destroy. We ought to just peek our head out and say, not today. You should have thought about it, not today. I'm not going to let you do that anymore. You've got to leave my house. I've got authority. And if you resist the devil, he will flee from you. Yes, yes, yes. Somebody shout yes. I feel the Holy Ghost breaking something loose in this house. I want to tell you. I want to tell you what the devil knows without a shadow of a doubt. He knows if you show up, he'll lose. You are I am. He knows that if you just show up, he'll lose. So his M.O. is to get in our head and to get you to stay home. If he can get you off the field of battle, that's the only way he can win. So he gets into your mind and he begins to speak and he tells you there's no use to fight. He tells you there's no use to come to church. You know, you know that the devil, he's, he's, the, he's the only one I know of that will condemn you for coming to church and condemn you for staying home. get yourself ready on a Wednesday, you fought hell and everything else, and you get yourself dragging into the house of God and you got that voice in your head saying, don't you lift your hands, I can't believe you even showed up I don't even know why you're even here, you ain't no good, you're nothing, but then when you stay home, that same voice says, I can't believe you sinner, staying home from church, you ain't ever going to get right with God, you ain't ever going to live for God, you're not ever going to do it He'll condemn you no matter what you do But I know that if I get up and I show up and I step onto the field of battle, he's going to lose. He's not going to defeat me. He will not overcome me. He will fall. There's no use to pray. It's not going to help at all. Why are you even trying? I've got a hold of this city. My grip is too strong. I assure you his strategy is the same. It has not changed. If you ever read, the Bible says that we need to put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to withstand. We may be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil. That word wilds is, uh, is a word that means it's methodos. And what it means is one road. He only has one road. One way to get there. And I'm going to tell you how he does it. He does it in your mind. The devil knows that your mind is the strategic control center of your spirit. If he can seize your mind, he can begin to make warfare against all the other parts of your being. 
He could get a hold of your mind and plant a seed there. Then he could put sickness on you and he could put disease and he can make sin come upon you. He could get depression into your spirit. His strategy is always the same. It's always the same. The Bible says we need to cast down imagination. You got to understand your mind. Your mind is like a shipping port. There are thoughts going in and out and left and right. And they're going to want to stop and they're going to want to pour into your mind. But that doesn't mean you have to give them access to it. I'm not going to let depression pour it into my mind. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to let all the world and all the things of the enemy get into my mind and begin to turn things and twist things. That's his strategy to get into your mind. Somebody needs to lift your hand. You need a deliverance in your mind. You need God to renew your mind tonight. Come on, let's pray that. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you could renew every mind, that you could break every chain in the name of the Lord, that you could begin to remove every lie and every seed from hell. And I'm praying, God, that there would be a deliverance of our mind today. a little farther tonight send me a man he says that we may fight together 40 days he comes out I defy the armies of God send me a man that we may fight together I gotta stop right here and tell somebody in this room tonight that Satan is looking for a man to fight but God is looking for a man who will fight the devil is shouting and he's roaring in these last days. Send me a man to fight. Send somebody down here and fight. And he's come out against the armies of God. He's come out against every church and every pastor and every saint and every minister. And he shouted in these last days, send me a man to fight. Send me a man on the battlefield that's going to challenge me. Send me a I'm going to tell you right now that the devil's just as tired as weak need, no backbone men and women of God as God is tired of it. I'm looking for a man to fight. I'm looking for somebody that'll put up a fight. Send me a man on the battlefield that's not going to cower down in the corner and give up. Send me a man who will fight. I wonder, are there any more men and women of God that'll still put up a fight? Where are those old saints of God that would at least put up a fight against the Yeah, 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 yeah. God is looking for a man. But I'm telling the devil today, if you want somebody to fight, you found somebody that's not going to bow down to you and that's not going to fall at your feet. man that we can fight and I believe that God is asking the same question in these last days is there a man that'll fight there's someone that's going to stand in the gap and make up the hedge and I sought for a man that would stand in the gap that would make but I, I couldn't find a man and you got the devil on one side saying send me someone to fight and you got God on the other side saying who's going to fight We've got us in the middle saying, eh, I don't know. Yeah. That's right. Well, I, 
be all right if I'm just neutral. Neutral don't work. Neutral don't work. God's wondering, is there a man or a woman that will draw a sword and go to battle for me? Is there a David left out there that's not afraid to go to war and that's not afraid to dance and worship? Is there a Jephthah left out there that's not afraid to make a commitment to God and keep it no matter what the cost? Is there a son of Levi out there that's not afraid to grab a sword and say, I'm on the Lord's side. I'm not going to be in the middle. This is the portion of the service where you say amen and agree with me. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost that God is looking for a man or a woman on a Wednesday night that'll say I'm not afraid to stand and fight for God. I wonder if there's a Joshua out there that's not afraid to stare at a wall and just shout. I wonder if there's a Deborah in the house of God that'll say if no one else goes to war, I'll go to war, I'll fight. Is there a King Josiah out there somewhere that says I might be young, but I'm not afraid to tear down some idols, and I'm not afraid to destroy some false gods. I'm not afraid to be different. I'm not afraid to stand out. Oh, I need somebody to agree with me. I need someone that says I'm going to put up a fight. I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to give up. I love this truth. I love this doctrine. I love the gospel. I love holiness. I'm going to stand and fight for it. Come on, somebody shout unto God. Somebody give God a shout of praise. Sit, stand or do cartwheels. I'm okay with it. Goliath said, I defy the armies of the living God. Why did you even come out here to fight? Why did you waste your time? You don't stand a chance. I'm talking to some saints of God that have been under a constant bombardment of voices. We pray in the Holy Ghost right now. I'm talking to saints of God sitting in this room right now that have been under a constant demonic attack of voices. Hearing the voice of the devil say, you're nothing, you're worthless, you're going to fall. You're never going to make it to heaven. Why do you still try? You're a failure. Don't bother fighting with me. Things will never change. I defy you to believe your finances can be blessed, he says. I, I defy you to believe that you'll succeed. I, I defy you to believe that your family will come back. He's talking into somebody's ear right now. He's telling somebody, you're just not going to do it. I'm telling you, over the past three days, the devil's talked to some of you and said you ought to just quit praying because it's just not ever going to get any better than where you are right now. I've come to defy, defy the voice of hell. I've come to silence every voice of the enemy. He's I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. 
The devil's come to you and back some of you in the corner and got you scared to death. He's told you he was going to kill you. He's told you you better not dare take another step toward God or he'll destroy your family. He's told you you better stop giving or you're going to lose your job and lose your house. I'm preaching good right now. He told some of you you better not think about witnessing. It will cost you. He's backed you into a corner dismayed and afraid. But I've come to tell somebody it's time to quit yourself like man. It's time to gird up the loins of your mind. It's time to stop listening to yourself and to start talking to yourself oh help us Holy Ghost help us Holy Ghost I want you to hear that again it's time for some of you to stop listening to yourself and to start speaking to yourself Stop listening to that voice in your head that says you're going to die. Stop listening to that voice that says the church will fail and the people leave and that you'll always be sick. And you need to start speaking to yourself in psalms and in hymns and in spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Start talking to yourself. Start talking to yourself. My God is able. I'm more than a conqueror. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. No weapon formed against me will prosper. My God will never leave me. And he'll never. I've come to rouse an army of believers today. Somebody ought to shout. Somebody ought to praise him. Somebody ought to glorify the Lord. to rouse an army of believers that are willing and ready to meet hell face to face, that are willing and ready to walk right down to the very kingdom of hell and pronounce Satan, your kingdom is coming down. You've held this city long enough. You've held these people long enough. You've had your day and the gates of hell will never, 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 never prevail against the church. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that we just didn't come dressed. I hope that we just didn't come to the battlefield dressed and not ready to fight. I hope that we just didn't show up on a Wednesday dressed like a Pentecostal and looking the part but not ready to draw a sword and get to work. I hope we haven't gotten too dignified that we just look Pentecostal but there's no war cry left in us. That we just looked apart, but there's no dance left in us. I've come to rouse every prayer warrior. I've come to rouse every worshiper. I've come to rouse every fire breathe. Son of God, I've come to rouse every woman of God that knows how to get a hold of God and let you know that it's time to go to war today.
I'm not here just to take up space. Here just to take up your oxygen. I've come on a Wednesday night to let the devil know that I'm getting ready to step back onto the battlefield, and you better look out. I gotta get that into your spirit right now. You can stand with me if you want to. I'm gonna close in a minute. I've got to get that into your spirit. I am not here on a Wednesday to take up space. I'm not here to steal your oxygen, but I've come to let the devil know you have held me back long enough. You have held back my family long enough. You have held back my church long enough. And I'm coming to get what's mine. I'm coming to get what's mine. Yes, 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 hallelujah, hallelujah to the Lamb of God. I used to go to school with some, some dudes that, that every day of the week they dressed in Air Jordans and a Chicago Bull shirt. Every day of the week they come like they're ready for a pickup game in the middle of class every day. Then you go to the gym, they're going to wear the same thing, but ain't a one of them can shoot a jump shot. Ain't a one of them can do a crossover. Ain't a one of them can hit a three-point shot if you gave them 15 tries. They were dressed for the part, but they couldn't do any of the work. I fear that in the Pentecostal church, we're, we're dressed for the part, but we don't really know how to fight. We don't really know how to get in there and reach heaven and tear down strongholds of hell. We're just dressed for the part. And David said, I don't need your armor. I might not be dressed for the part, but I'm ready to fight. I might not look this, but I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to war. I'm ready to win something here. The Bible tells us, I'm closing, I, I promise you. The end of my notes are in sight. The Bible tells us that as David walks onto the battlefield, he is not moved or swayed or dismayed at the voice of Goliath. It says that after 40 days, that Saul and all the men of Israel, the army of Israel, they are greatly afraid and dismayed. And when he comes out, his voice, simply his voice causes them to hide. David, he hears the booming voice of Goliath. He hears him say, I'm going to feed your flesh to the fowls of the air. I'm going to kill you. Who am I, a dog, that they should say? I defy the armies of God. And David, he is not dismayed. He just starts talking back. You come to me with a sword and a spear and a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. Just to let you know, I've been sent by the God you've been talking about. I've been sent by the God that you've been lying on. I've been sent by the one that you've been telling everyone he don't love them anymore. You've been telling everyone that he's left them. 
He sent me to tell you something tonight. David said he sent me to tell you. Today. Somebody shout today. Come on, somebody shout today. David said today that God wants me to let you know he's going to deliver you into my hand. Today he will deliver you into my hand. Devil, I want you to know it might be Wednesday, but today God's going to deliver you into our hand. Today, tonight, on a Wednesday, God's going to tear down strongholds in this place. God's going to pull down your mind games. God's going to tear down strongholds once and for all. God's going to do it today. And when David gets into the spirit, it, well, he wasn't there on the first step, and I don't think he was there on the second step, but maybe the third or fourth, he gets into the spirit and he says, through a prophetic proclamation, I'm going to smite you. And I'm going to take your head off. And I'm going to give your carcass to the birds. That all the earth may know that there's a God in Israel. But David, you don't even have a sword. How are you going to take his head? That don't matter. I'm speaking in the prophetic, he said. I'm running towards the battle and I'm speaking into the prophetic that what I can't see, that's all right. But what I believe is that God is about to do something I can't see. God's about to make something happen that I can't see right now. And somebody tonight, we need to start making some pro prophetic proclamations. Not about what you see and not about how it looks right now. Not about what's happening and not about what you feel. But you need to tap into the Holy Ghost and start proclaiming those things that are not as though they were. You've been silent long enough. I feel the Holy Ghost. There's a deliverance in this place. You've been silent about it long enough. You've been quiet about it long enough. It's time to open your mouth and start speaking. Start speaking healing into your spirit. Start speaking a blessing. But I don't see a blessing. That's all right. David didn't even hold a sword. But he saw that head coming off. needs to start speaking salvation someone needs to start speaking a blessing they will be saved my children are going to be at this altar you need to have faith to speak at this city we'll be torn down every stronghold in it and we will take it you need to make a proclamation right now that depression's leaving that oppression has to go that sickness cannot stay unrest if you've had your time sin you have no control addiction your chains are broken tonight no more will I be bound lift your voice right now you need to start making some prophetic proclamations you might feel that pain right now but you need to start proclaiming I'm healed I'm giving somebody the keys to have those chains broken off your life I'm giving somebody the keys of victory you need to get on the field and you need to start telling the devil what's going to happen and stop listening to what he's telling you it's going to happen now all over this house as they begin to play and sing I want you to shout I want you to worship and sing thank you for listening if you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, 
and have a blessed day.